My dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who comes to us this day by the Holy Spirit to grant us life everlasting beyond even death. Amen. Lazarus, come out, were Jesus' words there at the tomb at the end of a four-day saga. Standing there at the mouth of the cave with the whole company gathered around mourning for their dead friend whom Jesus loved, waiting to see what would happen. This was the moment of truth, the moment that Jesus had brought them all to. Jesus, the resurrection and the life, standing there before the grave, the gate of death, speaking right into it to see if life would come. For you see, in the whole world, for all of the people gathered, death ruled and ruled mightily. And so they all stood watching in disbelief, not really trusting that Jesus could bring the man out. It all started when Jesus received a message that Lazarus had fallen ill. He heard this. He had healed others. They expected that Jesus was going to come and heal Lazarus also, but he waited. He held off. He stayed. He didn't go and see Lazarus, though he loved him. He wasn't doing what they expected. He was doing something more. For Jesus didn't just come to the world to heal illness, to eradicate disease. Though he did that at times, he was after a much, much bigger foe. And so he's waiting and waiting until Lazarus is dead. And then he goes and sees him right at the tomb. It was a pretty serious situation. It wasn't a laughing matter. There's nobody in this whole story that's sitting there taking this lightly. It's weighing on everybody. And it starts with the disciples who just had escaped a confrontation in Jerusalem, in Judea, where they tried to kill Jesus by stoning. They started to pick up rocks and they wanted to go after him, but they made their way out. They avoided death for a moment. And as Jesus says, it's time now that death, death comes near again, the disciples are saying, we don't want to go back over that way. Death is near there. Death is coming near us there. But death comes near wherever. We can't avoid it. Even though we do our best to keep it away for a time, it's always encroaching, lurking around. It's a serious matter for us. And in days like these, we really feel the seriousness of this. We don't know where it might strike or who it might get next. You might get the disease or you might not. 
If you get the disease, you might fall ill or you might not. It just seems to be lurking out there everywhere, creating fear and worry. And so it's best if we just hide, keep the doors locked, stay away from one another. Death seems to rule for us just like the disciples. And we do what we can in times like this, don't we? We run to our mother's arms for a hug, a bit of comfort. We call a friend to ask how they're doing. We bring perhaps a casserole dish to those who are in grief as a way of saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't do more. This is what I could do. I hope it brings you some comfort. Maybe when this is all over, we'll call each other up and have a beer or some coffee and reminisce about what we've been through. Coming back together and remembering that death didn't swallow us whole, but also remembering that it is still there and we need a bit of comfort from one another. But it's also in these times of comforting one another that we come to realize that our relationships aren't just of our care to one another, but as Christians, we come with a different word, a word not just of I care about you, but God cares for you. And not just that God cares like I do, but God cares for you in Jesus Christ, who is not afraid of death the way we are. He does what he can, of course, but what he can do is something more than just bringing a casserole or making a phone call. He enters right into death. He stalks it, finds it. He goes looking for it, not avoiding it, not hiding from it, but seeking it out, walking right into it, waiting for it to spring, and then coming and saying, I found you. There you are, in order to kill death off for us. When we look around our society, we see lots and lots of monuments to our despairs. There are grave sites. There are civilizations that have been covered over. There are burial sites from years gone by. There are catacombs. There are death everywhere around us. And it seems to point us always back to loss, which leads to hopelessness. Because loss reminds us that there is an end to us. And death is that final end. And so we start to fear and despair whenever death seems to come near to us. It's like those old grave, that graveyard in Ezekiel of all those dried up bones. God showed Ezekiel this valley full of bones, dry as if they'd been dead for a long, long time. No life, only despair. Mortal, can these bones live? Can there be any life in them? Is there anything that could give life and hope in the midst of such loss and despair? And Ezekiel says... I don't know. Only you do, O oh God. And lo and behold, even those bones can live. 
at the end of all things, in the midst of all death, not just at the moment, but long time after, God can bring flesh to bone, life to flesh, so that even in the midst of our greatest despairs and hopelessness, God's word and breath gives us life today, right now, right here in his hearing. Jesus approaches death differently than we do. He comes at it, not as one to avoid it, but one to enter into it. Not as one who's looking forward to death, but one who's looking beyond death. Jesus approaches death as an enemy that is already defeated. The disciples were afraid to go towards death. And they looked to avoid it as long as they could. Mary and Martha are caught in the midst of their grief and despair of, at Lazarus' death. They're in the immediateness of it, and they can't see anything else. And they need help to see hope. Death, it seems, comes stalking each and every one, producing this fear in the world. But Jesus does something else. Jesus comes stalking death, walking right up to it through all the objections, through everybody saying, you can't do that. Stay away. He walks right to the mouth of that cave, rolls away the stone, in the midst of their sadness and grief and fear, and says, Lazarus, come out. And they all stand there waiting and seeing what would happen until he walks out, alive. The Word of God, the breath, the Spirit of God poured back into his flesh in order that he would have life yet again. It gives us all hope, does it not? That God can give life. He has given us this life and continues to give us life. But here even this, something more. That he doesn't just give us life the way he gave it to Lazarus. This was but a sign of what was going to come. For as Jesus raises Lazarus, so now the world starts encroaching upon Jesus to put him to death. To kill the life giver, the one who gives the resurrection, the one who is the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection, which means he must first die. And so they will conspire. They will put him on a cross, and he will die. The breath will be extinguished, but the word will come back. He is the resurrection and the life. God raises him for our justification, He he pours out his life into our old lives so that the life we live now, we live in Christ as children, beloved and holy. The children of God, standing together, born again with new life. So that we, in Christ, would not be avoiding death, holding it off, waiting for it to stalk us, But we in Christ also would be saying, death is over for us. It is behind us. We now look forward only to the life that we have in Christ. Because by his word, by his action, by his love and grace, 
Our old, dried-up bones have been given new life. The life of fear and despair is put behind, put to death, so that we would have only the joy and hope of Christ to live in. It is death that stalks you, but Christ who has found you. And now he fills you and hangs around you forever so that you would not have to wash off your death any longer. There is no soap or hand sanitizer that will save you from that. But Christ has come to protect you, to love you, and to raise you to, to, to new life. And the life you live now, you live in Jesus Christ, not of your own flesh, but in the power of God, so that just as he said to Lazarus, he now says to you, come out, arise, and live in faith. Amen.